Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikbat Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but if you want the full experience, please join us Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service. We are located at the corner of Boulevard and Grove, across from the Art Museum. For more information, you can visit our website at tikvatisrael.com. There, you can support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and contact us with any questions or comments. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of His Word. So anyways, we were all going uh, to lunch, and the son was at the wheel, and his parents were in the back. You see, they offered me a shotgun as they perceived how long my legs are. And so as they drove me to lunch, I heard Rabbi Mark's voice from the back of the car, and I had a surreal experience because I had heard his soothing paternal voice before without seeing his face. And here I was again, hearing the same voice without seeing his face. On the Tree of Life Bible app, which I highly recommend, it's pretty cool, you can hear Rabbi Mark read the week's Torah portion. And I had been listening for the past few months uh, to Rabbi Mark reading the scriptures for that week's Parsha. There's just something about the voice of a dad, right, who loves the Lord, reading the holy text out loud. Isn't there just something nice about it? And uh, if we have it, I have a a brief sample of this week's reading of the Parsha, um, and I got this from the app, and uh, if it doesn't come... It's much more soothing on the app. All right. Thank you very much. That's good. (laughs) Yeah, that that kind of backfired on me there. All that work for a small clip, and then it, ah, it's okay. God is good. So, um, So, all of that to say that this reminds me of a story from Psalm 29 about another voice. Act 1. King David speaks to the Elim. If you don't know who the Elim are, you should probably listen to the last sermon that I gave here on the Elohim or the Elim. The spiritual beings, perhaps part of the uh, royal council. So David is speaking to them, and he commands them to bow down to the one king. They are commanded to bring splendor the weight of glory, the radiance of beauty, the honor and worth due to the name of the king. Act two. All around is watery chaos, full of turmoil, anxiety, death, destruction, raging waters. And then... The clouds roll in over the waters. The cloud, the voice, the name. Thunder and lightning roar across the watery chaos. Adonai thunders over the raging seas. From the throne of God, 
His thunderous voice breaks apart the proud and mighty cedars of Lebanon. Adonai is a thunderstorm. Adonai is an earthquake over the waters of chaos. Imposing mountains skip around like baby cows. Mountains leap like the most powerful young wild oxen. The voice of the Lord carves out fiery lightning. The thunderous sound of Hashem brings an earthquake in the wilderness. The wasteland of anxiety trembles. The realm of chaos and death trembles. The sound of Adonai causes even the proud and mighty oaks to tremble and shake. The voice of Adonai. That same voice, the same voice that was walking in the garden in the Ruach of the day. Sidebar, how does a voice walk? Unless the voice represents something that you can see that could walk. Sidebar over. So that same voice in the garden called to Adam and Chava after they rejected his good kingship. And so they hid themselves from that voice. From the face of God, they crouched behind trees in Genesis 3. And then God asked them a question. But that's another story. The voice of Adonai, the same voice from Mount Sinai in Exodus 19 and 20. When on the morning of the third day, there was thunder like a voice, lightning and a thick cloud on the mountain. Then the voice of the shofar sounded so loudly that all the people in the camp trembled. Moshe brought the people out of the camp to meet God. They stood near the base of the mountain. Mount Sinai was enveloped in smoke because Adonai descended onto it in fire. Its smoke went up like the smoke from a furnace, and the whole mountain shook violently. As the voice of the shofar grew louder and louder, Moshe spoke and God answered him with a voice, and he gave the Ten Commandments. But that's another story, too. Perhaps a good story for tomorrow's Shavuot picnic. Sidebar. After the Ten Commandments are given, Scripture tells us that the people saw the voice. They saw the sound of the shofar. They saw the thunder. How can you see a sound? And so to sum up Act 2, Act 2 is a little longer than Act 1, we see the name of God, the voice of God, which is both sent from God and is God, thundering above the waters of chaos. 
Got the picture of Act 2? Act 3. We're looking back at the king. The king sent his name, his thunder, his voice to represent him, to bring life and order and identity, purpose, redemption. And this king now sits enthroned above the waters. But the waters are now a full-on flood. Like the flood in the days of Noah. Like the flood in the days before creation, perhaps. And all beneath the throne are chaos and death and destruction. And Adonai is the eternal king over all the waters and over all creation. And then at the end of Act 3, the king turns to his people and says, well, we'll get to that later. When I was in Connecticut two weeks ago, I had the opportunity to take an intensive midrash class at a Jewish retreat center. Uh, So we met in their synagogue building, pictured here. So it's the, uh, go, uh, is there a previous one? No? Okay, they don't have that. So, yes. So this is just the inside that we have, which is good. All right. So this is where we met and we studied Uh, the Talmud. We studied uh, uh, Midrash, which is creative writings on the meaning of scripture from a traditional Jewish perspective. And as Messianic Jews, we were examining the Song of Songs Midrash and joining in with the conversation uh, of rabbis and sages of old in in Jewish space, right? This was a non-denominational Jewish camp. And, uh, yeah, they didn't mind us uh, little Messianic Jews uh, coming and, uh, and studying there. And uh, it was uh, quite a blessing. You saw how beautiful it was, right? So the, the, the windows, if we could bring it up again, it's, it's this retreat center. And through there, if you look through the windows, there's, there's a pond in the background. It's just this idyllic, you know, really restful uh, space. That uh, was such a blessing. And they gave us use of this building, which was the synagogue, um, the entire time we were there. We met there. We did um, morning prayers there uh, called Shacharit. And uh, it was was such a blessing. But anyway, in Song of Songs, which is what we were studying, there's a, a verse that talks about a woman who is asleep in her room. Raise your hand if you've ever been asleep in your room. You know what that's like. Okay, so we can relate. All right. So far, so good. And then she's awakened by a sound. Raise your hand if you've ever been awakened. Okay, so we're tracked. That's two for two. And uh, the sound is her beloved knocking and opening and rapping on the door. Raise your hand if that has happened to you. Yes? All right, Jason. Very good. Okay, so... This is what it says. It's very poetic language. Um, In Song of Songs, chapter 5, verse 2. I am asleep, but my heart is awake. Listen, I hear my darling knocking. I am asleep, but my heart is awake. The rabbis and sages ruminated on this, and they discussed it in the Midrash, in the Talmud. Here, 
the beloved and the lover are Israel and God. So this is what they said. I slept, but my heart is awake. Said the community of Israel before the Holy One, blessed is he, sovereign of the universe. I am asleep to the commandments, but my heart is awake to actions of loving kindness. I am asleep to actions of righteousness, but my heart is awake to do them. I am asleep to the sacrifices, but my heart is awake to the recitation of the Shema and prayer. I am asleep to the temple, but my heart is awake to synagogues and houses of study. I am asleep to the end, the time of redemption, but my heart is awake to redemption. I am asleep to the redemption, but the heart of the Holy One, blessed is he, is awake to redeem. In this case, the voice of our lover, God, calls to us and awakens us from our sleep. So that even though we are asleep, our hearts are awakened by his knocking, by his voice, by his redemptive acts. The voice of God awakens our hearts, quickens our hearts to respond. And in Jewish tradition, if we're asleep, it's kind of like a little death. And when we awake the next morning, we acknowledge it is as if we were raised from the dead. So in Song of Songs and in the Midrash, the voice of God raises Israel from sleep, from death to life and redemption. Just as in our three-act story from Psalm 29, the voice of God speaks life and order and restoration over the death and destruction from the flood. A long time ago, there was a man who became very sick by the name of Eliezer. And his rabbi was in another village. And word was sent to the rabbi to come quickly to pray for him so that Eliezer would be healed. And when the rabbi saw the message about his friend Eliezer, whom he loved so much, he said out loud, This illness is not fatal. Rather, Hashem will receive radiant glory from this by illuminating God's Son. The rabbi loved Eliezer, but strangely, did not hurry back to Betania, where Eliezer was. Life was ebbing out of his friend, but the rabbi was not hurried. Then after two days, he said to his students, let's go to Judea. And the student said, wait a second, Rabbi, <laughs> you can't go there. That would be like walking toward death. The Judeans, the people in that region, they're trying to kill you. And the rabbi responded with a riddle. There's 12 hours of daylight, right? So if you walk during the day, you don't trip and fall. There's plenty of light from the sun. 
You only trip and fall if you're walking around at night. Such a man has no light with him. And then the rabbi said, our friend Eliezer has fallen asleep, and I'm going to go wake him up with my voice. And the student said, well, rabbi, if he's just asleep, let him get his rest. He'll, he'll be better soon. He's probably just recovering. And the rabbi went like this. So he's dead. And the fact that I wasn't there before he died, that's actually a good thing. It's good for your trusting relationship with God. And one of his students, thinking he understood, exclaimed, that sounds great. We should all go and make a, a, a day trip out of it, and then we can all die with him. But the other students just rolled their eyes. And Rabbi Yeshua did go. And you may know that Eliezer, also known as Lazarus, had been dead and decaying for four days already beyond this point. But the rabbi didn't go into the cave. He didn't touch him. He didn't lay his chest on him as some of the prophets of old did, if you read about Elijah. He just sent his voice. Eliezer, come out. You see, the voice of Adonai, the name of the Lord, the thunder above the flood, the sound awakening his beloved from death, this voice became a person and lived among us, moved into the neighborhood, a person, a rabbi, so that everyone could see the voice. But the rabbi voice, Yeshua, was also human, just like us. And he, he had his own voice, which mirrored the voice of the God of Israel. And with that voice, he called Eliezer back to life. Now, I know you might be thinking to yourself, so... This is the voice of the Lord, bringing life and healing and resurrection and order. But where do I fit in? I'm just, just a human being. I'm just made of dust. Sure, Yeshua was human like me, but he was also the voice of the Lord, able to be seen. And what am I? Chopped liver? Well, to that, I say this. In Acts 14, verses 8 through 11, we find the final story of our sermon. There was a man living in Lystra who could not use his feet. Crippled from birth, he had never walked. This man listened to Shaul speaking, also known as the Apostle Paul. Shaul, looking at him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud, what? A loud what? Stand up on your feet. Let's say that with Rabbi Shaul. Stand up on your feet. And the man jumped up and began to walk around. 
When the crowd saw what Shaul had done, they began to shout in the Laconian language, The gods have come down to us in the form of men. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Shaul sends his voice. Rabbi Paul, the apostle, human, just like us, sends his voice. And the man is healed. What's going on here? I thought, I thought only God could do that. These confused Greeks, they're proclaiming that the gods have come down because this is the work of the Lord. They have no frame of reference for what's going on. But we do. We have seen the God of Israel descending over the waters of death and illness and destruction and bringing life through his sound, his thunder, his voice. It seems to me that God has given us the name of Yeshua, the voice of Adonai, to proclaim life, healing, and restoration with our own mouths. And now, since you've been patient, the end of Psalm 29. You ready for it? You remember it? Act 1. The spiritual beings are commanded to bow down to Adonai. Act 2. The voice of thunder over the waters of chaos and anxiety. Act 3. The king on his throne above the flood. And the ending. The king turns to his people and he gives them strength. The same strength ascribed to the Lord in Act 1. He gives to his people. And then the king blesses his people with shalom, peace, order, restoration. He has given us his voice over the waters of chaos he has given us his strength and his life, his resurrection, his creation, peace, healing, and renewal. His voice thunders from the throne with resurrection life. We see his voice in Messiah Yeshua. But the question is, can the Lord see his voice in us? I'd like us to close with a song, and I'd like to invite the worship team to play with me, and let's all sing this together. This is the end of Psalm 29 in Hebrew, uh, put into a song version, which is, it's part of our liturgy, and it, it goes like this. So let's practice saying it one time first. Adonai, Oz, Oz is strength, Leamo. Yitain will that's uh, will uh, give to his people. The Lord will give strength to his people, and then Adonai Yivarech Etamo Va Shalom. The Lord will bless his people with peace, wholeness, completeness, restoration. All right. So let's 
believe together, let's sing this together as the end of Act 3, what God has given us. He's given us his voice. so good. You are so worthy. You give strength to us, your people, and you bless us with your shalom. You have given us your voice, your name, the name above every name, Yeshua the Messiah. Thank you that we can see your voice. Thank you that we can participate in your recreation and your resurrection and your love and your life by calling upon your name, and we love you, God, and we pray that you would help us to align our voices with what you're saying, that whatever comes out of our mouth or out of our fingers online would reflect your voice, and in Yeshua's name we pray.